Good evening and welcome to the Bundesliga show uh, brought to you by Over the Bar. Tonight, as always, uh, we have myself, Rory Petrie, and with my co-host, Mark Broadhurst. Um, so what we usually do is, uh, on the show, we'll, we'll go through our, uh, our anagram section that, we, that we've started doing. So we're going to start with that. So I'll hand over to Mark to uh, go through the answer of last week's and uh, the new one for this week. So Mark, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, as usual, let's start off with the results of uh, last week's anagram, which as you can hopefully remember was Brewer Need Mister. So I've, I've got to congratulate our co-writer uh, over the bar, David Pearson. He got the correct answer, and it was indeed the German Bundesliga club, Werder Bremen. So, so yeah, I, I know he'd kill me if I didn't uh, congratulate him for it. So well done, Dave, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let, let's move on to the um, let's move on to our new uh, anagram for this week. So remember, just again, to remind you guys of the rules, um, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga. So it can either be a manager, a player, or a club. So let me pull onto the screen our new anagram for week three. And it is, whoops, it is Scream Hour. So yeah, Scream Hour. So remember, it has to be a manager, a player, or a club related to the Bundesliga. So remember, guys, we want to encourage you to comment your answer underneath the, um, the video on our YouTube channel. We will give you credit if you get it correct the week after. So look out for your name if you do indeed get it right. So Scream Hour is our new um, anagram for week three of the Bundesliga review. So back over to Rory. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, another tricky anagram there. So, yeah, please do get involved and let's see who can get it right this week. Um, so straight into business then, uh, as we're recording, the final game from the weekend has just finished. Um, so I'll just run through the first, uh, the first five results of the weekend and then Mark will take us through the last four. Uh, so on Friday evening, uh, Union Berlin uh, got off got off the mark with a with a 4-0 win at home to, to Mines. So that was a big win for Union. On Saturday afternoon, so the 2.30 kickoffs, uh, Borussia Dortmund beats Freiburg 4-0 as well. So a big win for Dortmund. Uh, and coming back from their disappointment last weekend, uh, Frankfurt were 2-1 winners over Hoffenheim. And then we go to... Uh, FC Köln, who lost 3-1 at home to Borussia Mönchengladbach. So a good away win for Mönchengladbach. And uh, Werder Bremen were able to win 1-0, a very close game with newly promoted Arminia. Uh, so Mark, you want to do our last four results? Yeah, and also on Saturday, there was a draw in Stuttgart, one all at home to Bayer Leverkusen in quite an entertaining draw there. Then, yeah, there was also another hammering for Schalke with new manager Michael Baum in charge, losing 4-0 at Red Bull Leipzig. Another disappointing result for them. Then on to the Sunday games, another Wolfsburg classic, 
another <laughs> nil-nil draw against Augsburg. We, we said last week that we wanted more from Wolfsburg, but unfortunately we didn't get it again. <laughs> and then probably the game of the weekend to close was Bayern Munich 4, Hertha Berlin 3. Another classic uh, match from Bayern. All three of their games have been full of goals so far this season. And I think, as you can probably guess, like there's no better place to start this week than the last game of the weekend, which was indeed Bayern 4, Hertha Berlin 3 over in Munich at the Allianz Arena. So, yeah, I mean, this was a brilliant game. I think both of us tipped that this could be an entertaining game because Hertha Berlin are a really, really good away side. They got that win on the opening day away in Werder Bremen. And I mean, today, I mean, they're going to be absolutely gutted, to be honest. You saw with the reaction of the goalkeeper when that last minute Lewandowski penalty went in, he was absolutely gutted, yeah. After battling back from 2-0 down to make it 2-all, and then another late Lewandowski goal after 85 minutes uh, was levelled up again by Hertha after 88 minutes, but then the penalty just at the end left them empty-handed. But I still think there's a lot that Hertha Berlin can take away from this game. It was a really good performance, a gritty performance from them at the home of the, well, the champions of just about everything really, aren't they, at the moment? So, I mean, a great performance from them. Rory, did you catch any of this game? Yeah, so, I mean, much like last week, we were kind of begging the question whether Bayern Munich would be able to back up midweek, you know, a midweek performance uh, and then play playing again only a few days later. So this week they've been involved in another classic high-scoring game, but they've managed to come out on the right side of it. Um, you know, it's a real it's a real great game of football to watch. Real a real classic, um, especially when you know Bayern Munich go two 0 up. There's not many teams that often come back from that position to to cause any sort of issues for for Bayern. So absolute great credits to, to Hertha who are starting to really kind of grow into the season now um, as you mentioned they'll, they'll be absolutely devastated to to get it back to 3-3 you think you're very much you're going to get a fantastic point away at the champions and then yeah for it to be taken away like that is cruel um, unfortunately that's what sports and football is like it is very cruel sometimes so um, yeah the champions managed to get themselves back on back on track which you'd expect and obviously they've managed to do this with a bit of rotation again um, it didn't quite work the way they wanted to last weekend um, but they've been able to to get the big three points this weekend um, so they'll be very happy and they'll be able to kind of get into the rhythm of the sit of the season now um, so yeah all, all guns blazing now for Bayern I'd expect and Hertha feel uh, very hard harshly done but there's certainly uh, plenty of positives to take from that performance. Yeah, a little bit more on the fact that uh, obviously uh, Bayern did play in midweek as well. Like th this isn't really kind of a uh, German teams aren't really so accustomed to uh, the fact that they have to play two uh, matches in a week, which might be more common this season because of the shorter season. And an interesting fact, they actually call it the English Evoca in German, which means the English week when teams play in midweek. Yeah. And it basically means because the people here know that like the, the English teams play so often, it's like a stereotype that the English teams play every single midweek pretty much. So yeah, mm. a little interesting fact there about the German league. They really don't play a lot of games in midweek because uh, first of all, the fans don't really want it. And also they, they just prefer matches at weekends. And I think the clubs, they don't, as a result, they kind of often struggle after playing midweek. 
obviously the Champions League sides are a bit more accustomed to that, but I think um, Bayern have struggled with it a little bit the last couple of weeks, especially defensively. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th I think another big name that really came to fruition this week was Chris Richards as well. I mean, I think um, the American young 19-year-old fullback, right back, he actually assisted the one of the goals as well, the second goal for Bayern. I think, um, yeah, they're really starting to become, I think they've got quite a good uh, breeding ground for players in North America. Obviously, Alfonso Davis as well. Yeah. Um, they're known to get a few American guys as well in the club and Canadian. Yeah. Um, Rory, do you think this could be a really good future investment for Bayern to start taking some players from the American system? Yeah, I mean, they certainly seem really well stocked Bayern in, in those positions. Um, as we've mentioned, Al Alfonso Davies as well has come in and, and absolutely, you know, torn the league, uh, you know, absolutely up to shreds, basically. I mean, he's been an absolute sensation so far. And um, this new kind of face and name that we're kind of just getting used to ourselves in, in the form of Rich is, is it's just great to watch, really. Again, we've, we've always cited the Bundesliga as being a league that is inclusive to young talent getting its opportunity. And um, I think, certainly speaking, I've not been used to, say, Bayern doing it as much as perhaps other teams are. But even that goes to show that that on this occasion that they're, they're starting to do so. Um, obviously, they've brought the likes of Kimmich through as well. Um, so it's certainly a really good um, setup that Bayern have there. And the fact that they're getting these players from North America just shows goes to show what a massive pool of talent there is over there. And certainly they're big enough countries to have such big, you know, resources. And you'd think that there are going to be some fantastic talents that just haven't been discovered. So the fact that clubs like Bayern are, are going out there and trying to dip their toes in is, is probably why they're reaping the rewards from it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the USA and Canada, they are great sporting countries as well. I mean, I know they are, they often don't play the kind of more traditional sports in Europe, but I mean, they are great sporting countries. So, I mean, there's bound to be quality football players out there, you know. And I think obviously the MLS is slowly but surely growing and football or soccer, as they call it over there, will be becoming more and more popular. And I think like there is going to be a, a growing kind of pool of players over there and Bayern seem to be really capitalising, yeah. But I think in general, it's not only the American players, it's uh, they're just creating so many good young players now, Bayern. It's, as you say, it's something that they didn't perhaps do in the past, but they seem to have really prioritised that in recent uh, months and things, yeah. I mean, obviously the first um, the first weekend, they, they had Jamal Musiala, as well, the young English man as well, who got the goal, the eighth goal against Schalke. And then this week, it's Chris Richards we're talking about. Seems to be like a different player every, re every week, really, for Bayern. Indeed, it's yeah. great to see. I mean, it's great to see the top clubs kind of producing such quality, really. Absolutely. I think for Hertha, yeah, I mean, they could potentially have a good season ahead of them. I think they'll get a lot of confidence from this match, especially away from home. They're really looking like a decent side, yeah. Rory, do you think Hertha, do you think they're going to have a good season based on this performance? Yeah, I expect so. I know when we were talking a little while ago now, when we were doing our pre-season predictions that um, you backed uh, Hertha to have a really good season and I can now see why um, they are. They're, they are impressing me. They're, they've been playing some nice stuff. Um, 
like, it's not automatically generated into loads of points just yet, but that I think that is coming basically. Um, it seems like quite a lot of teams have all kind of had a stuttering start. Like there's certainly no one team that's miles ahead yet. Well, obviously there wouldn't be after three games, but certainly no one that's really set set the standard or the pace. So if Hertha can, you know, take confidence from this and, you know, get on a bit of a roll, then there's no reason why they can't have a really good season. Absolutely. Good. So, yeah, so let's move on to Leipzig versus uh, Schalke. Yeah, so I think both of us said, I mean, it, we've been, we seem to be saying it quite often that Schalke, I mean, it's just going from bad to worse, isn't it? Obviously, the big news okay. on uh, last uh, Tuesday was that uh, Michael Baum, the former German under-18s coach, was actually given the full-time job on a two-year contract at Schalke. I mean, some would say that is a surprise, but I, I would imagine it's based on the fact that Hansi Flick was also the assistant manager in the German national setup. And I think quite often when a manager gets some success, teams try to uh, follow the same system. <laughs> so, yeah, I think maybe perhaps they've tried to look at that model as the uh, the kind of benchmark now. A little bit like when Zidane won the Champions League with Real, like everyone started appointing former players as the coaches. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not really a manager with much pedigree. I mean, he was only the under-18 coach. Before that, his only real kind of high-profile job was Augsburg a few years ago. That was in the Bundesliga, admittedly, but his record was... Uh, he had a lot more defeats than victories, let's just say that. <laughs> so, some might, be a little bit, <laughs> some might be a little bit surprised about the fact that he got the, such a big job at Schalke. Yeah, but, I mean, it's been an awful start. Again, 4-0 at Leipzig. Rory, did you see much of that one? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, if you're a Schalke fan, you're probably wishing that you didn't see it because it was, again, a bit of a horror show. Um, I think we mentioned last week when we were doing our predictions, we thought there might be a bit of a bounce um, mm. from the club when that, you know, as there generally is sometimes when managers are relieved of their duties, uh, the players kind of just get, you know, a chance to impress again. And, uh, Unfortunately, I don't think they've done much impressing because a lot of the time um, they were their own worst enemies again. Um, I mean, kind of citing the first goal of the game, Schalke are trying to play their way, you know, play their way out from the back. And I think it's Angelino who's pressing really high up for RB, wins the ball. And then a couple of phases later, it's it's a goal, which is an own goal as well. Um so yeah, I mean that, and that's that's half an hour in. To be fair to them, so the problem is when you're not playing well. The the main thing is for me, what you need to do is you need to do the basics right. Um, and so that's just, I mean, at half an hour in at nil nil, you're doing quite well, aren't you? Really, realistically against RB, so clear your lines and set up and try and get into half time perhaps. But that error and then heads drop naturally, and then the rest is history. Angelino then goes on to get himself a goal from a really nice from a really nice cross and then from there on in it's just a bit of a walk you know walking really like RB knew that they had the game um, and then Schalke again it was just kind of damage yeah damage limitation really so yeah they're they're in massive trouble and um, there's no way of kind of being around the bush about it um, hopefully the new the new man can can get a bit of a lift and just reset. Um, obviously, the international break is incoming, um, so there's a bit of a chance for you know for teams to get a bit of time on the training field, which evidently Schalke need massively. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that you mentioned that playing out of the back because, I mean, call me old-fashioned, but, I mean, at times when you're playing Red Bull Leipzig, the Champions League semi-finalists away from home, you just have to lash it clear. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that third goal, like, Stan Bowley had literally, like, 10 seconds to just get rid of it. And once again, he got pressured into a mistake. It's just... I mean, it's just stubbornness beyond belief, really. I know managers now, they want to kind of, like... Um, push his playing out from the back style. And I think if you're a good team, then yeah, go ahead and do it. But I mean, <laughs> like it doesn't take a genius to work out that Schalke are just not. They need to be going to places like Leipzig and doing like a stoke under Tony Pulis. Do you know what I mean? Like keep it tight from the first minute. And like, you can't be trying to play like that out of the back. Like you're playing, I don't know, like you're Bayern Munich playing Accrington Stanley away from home. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, there's no wonder yeah. they're getting so many hammerings. I mean, that is, that's 15 goals conceded in three games. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't get any worse, you know? I mean, it's just, I struggle to see how they're going to stay up, to be honest with you. I really do, because I just think it's, it's all said at the start of the season that this is going to be a really long season for Schalke, and it's just about staying up and keeping the head above water. But, I mean, yeah. 15 goals conceded in three games and like I don't know like I expected to see better this week I thought we'd see a bit more resilience for even Nastasic who's probably their kind of key player now the former Man City man he gave away a stupid penalty for handball at the end as well yeah, yeah. it's just not looking good for them is it at all I mean I'm really worried for them because I mean Schalke are a club that Germany needs in the Bundesliga really it's a massive club probably as we said before in the top four in Germany and it's just really not looking good for them at the moment. It's uh, They look a disaster waiting to happen and they badly need that win. After now 19 games without a Bundesliga win, doesn't get any worse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, probably not really talking as much about Leipzig as we would have liked there because it was a decent performance from them. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. do you think it was more a case of Leipzig being good or Schalke being bad, really? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously we've... we've spoken about Schalke a little bit there because of the state that they're in but absolutely they didn't play badly by any stretch um I think they just they controlled the game that they expected to um I think they'll have obviously a lot harder tests to come I think they'll be very pleased with you know an efficient performance three points you know get into the next game and just heads down really I think obviously they want to now build momentum um and you know they've had a pretty solid start um still still scoring a lot of goals like scored you know three against mines and four four today um you know and that's minus Timo Werner um so you know they'll they'll be very pleased and rightly so so I think um onwards and upwards for RB yeah, and I think just a shout out to Angelino. I think he's been a really, really good signing since he joined them on loan. I think it was last January. I mean, I was really, like, I remember at the end of uh, last season, I remember saying to Paul, one of our co-writers, I was like, oh, Angelino's going to be coming back in real form to City, and I think he'll be your first choice next year. Mm. And in the end, they sold him. I mean, I was quite shocked about that, to be honest, because I really yeah. rate him. He looks like the kind of defender who is really good, really good going forward, but he's also quite... Uh, able defensively as well and he, mm -hmm. he does chip in with goals and assists he can do just about everything as far as i'm concerned i think he's a really really good signing and they didn't pay, i think they only paid about 20 million euros for him as well with really shrewd signing from nagelsmann and his team there i think yeah 
Okay, so let's swiftly move on to our third highlighted game, which is Union Berlin versus Mainz. Yeah. So this was a Friday night game. Yeah. I mean, we again, we talked about uh, teams that are struggling. I mean, look no further than Mainz as well. I mean, Schalke and Mainz. I mean, I think that's the definition of a nightmare start, to be honest, from both of those clubs, you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, Mainz shipping 11 goals in three games. Schalke shipping 15 goals in three games. Yeah. But from a personal point of view, I was happy to see Union Berlin get the first win. I'm, I'm a big fan of Union. And after a really, really good point at Mönchengladbach the week before, I think this was a fantastic performance. It was a game that they probably deep down, they knew they kind of had, I wouldn't say had to win, but they, they could have done with a win to get that first W under the belt. And they did it in style, really. I mean, it was a very physical performance, but Union are always quite a physical side. They like to score headers. Three of the goals this weekend coming from headers. Yeah, it's um, and uh, Rory, do, are you quite optimistic for Union this season? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, obviously, early doors in the season, a big win can take you from, you know, near enough the bottom all the way, you know, right to the top of the league. And the big win like that, has put, certainly on Friday night, put Union Berlin pretty much inside the top six, I think. Um, they may not, obviously, no longer be uh, so because of the, the results that have been since. But... Results like that at the end of the day are massive, especially once you've, you know, because you've not got your first win. Both of these teams would have been looking at that game, targeting in it and thinking, why well, we obviously we absolutely need to win this. So, yeah, fair play to Union. They did a really good job. Uh, really, like you said, physical performance. Um, good to see Max Cruz getting off, uh, getting off the mark. Um, obviously getting his first goal. Um, and I believe it's uh, the first time that Union have actually scored more than three goals in a Bundesliga game. So, you know, that, that's a big thing for them because that, that will give them confidence that they're able to go out and score and score lots of goals. Um, again, on, on the side of Mines, yeah, they're, they're really struggling. They, they look kind of a side that hasn't, hasn't got much going forward and they're shipping goals as well, as you mentioned, Mark. Um, yeah, I think um, Mines are in for a bit of a struggle this season. Much like Schalke, confidence is going to be low and, you know, it's always where that first point is coming from. Um, they did, I mean, they didn't make it a massively tough tough ask through Union. Like they got, got to work quite quickly, uh, Berlin, and, and managed to kind of get out in front and they're on in. I didn't expect Mines to come back. Um, doesn't seem like they've got that kind of characteristic in them to kind of claw it back once they're once they're down it kind of feels like they're down for good um, especially seeing them against RB the other week so yeah I think they're really struggling and Union can can obviously use this as a as a launch pad and really and really go from here so yeah very well felt uh, well played uh, for Union. Yeah, I think uh, touching back on Mines, I think like obviously there is a small club in the Bundesliga. They've been in there for a good while now, really a good while. I think they initially came up under Klopp, then went down and then came back up under Thomas Tuchel as well, obviously the Paris Saint-Germain manager now. But I think, yeah, I agree with you. They've lost that, a bit of that character, you know. I think they always used to be that kind of like a Burnley kind of club, you know, that like were a little bit hard to break down. They had a lot of characters in the team. 
But yeah, I, I think they've lost that kind of get up and go. I think there were signs last season. Last season wasn't a great year for them. They got some absolute batterings last year. I seem to remember they lost 8-0 at Leipzig last year. And I think the writing was kind of on the wall. They managed to get a bit of a run to save the bacon last season. But I think this year, I mean, they're really going to need a big turner. I mean, obviously, it's still very early days. It's just three games. But I mean, when, you, when you're losing, like shipping four goals every week, it... I mean, they've only played Stuttgart and Union Berlin the last two weeks and they've conceded eight goals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they're two sides that were expected to finish well down in the bottom half with Mainz. You know, they're the kind of teams that would have been expected to be on the same level as Mainz, really. And I mean, 4-1 at home and then 4-0 on Friday night as well. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We can't totally play... Uh, push over uh, Union Berlin's performance because it was really, really good. I mean, they had a... The fans back in the crowd, like there seemed to be a few more in the ground this week, which probably helped them mm. compared to the first game against Augsburg. It was a big win, and I I still expect them to be round about mid table. To be honest with you, Union Berlin, I think they've got enough character. They play a little bit like the minds of old. I would say they've got a lot of character in the side. I said before on the show that Max Cruiser is a really really good signing for them because he gives them that experience. They did yeah. lose players in the summer, especially the goalkeeper and then the main forward who went to Cologne. But I think, uh, yeah, they're going to have more than enough to stay up, to be honest. I would expect somewhere around 9th to 12th for them, I would imagine, this year. They're still a good, strong home side, big physical side that do score goals as well. So, yeah, I think it's a good time to be an Union Berlin fan. I mean, obviously, this is only the second ever season in the Bundesliga. Great season last year to start it off. I thought they might have a few problems with the lack of fans this year, but it does seem as though the Bundesliga is slowly increasing the number of fans that can go in, in contrast to England, who has completely banned the number of fans altogether. I don't know whether that's correct or not, but it's uh, we don't talk about politics on this show. Yeah. No, no. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great to see that Union uh, are getting some... Um, fans back in and getting the goals uh, again yeah so let's move on to the the next uh, our final uh, highlighted game this week which was FC Cologne versus München Gladbach which ended in a very very comfortable 3-1 win for Gladbach in Cologne I mean again like it's not been as bad for Cologne as it has for Mainz and uh, Schalke but I mean they're another side that are really really struggling particularly at the back it's just an absolute car crash isn't it it's like they give they give chances like I've never seen before all it, I think even before Gladbach got the first goal on on Saturday there were two balls just long balls over the area and the, the striker for uh, for Gladbach I think it was Plie was already in on goal you know, it's just, whew, it must be hard to be a Cologne fan at the moment. Obviously, after what happened the back end of last season, losing eight of the last nine, they've lost the first three of this season. Yeah, I mean, again, are they another side that you see having a really, really tough season, Rory, this year? Yeah, well, certainly at the moment it's looking like that. Um, they do look a bit bit rudderless. Um, not, not a team I particularly thought at the start of the season would struggle um whether that was oversight on my part perhaps not um but as you mentioned you know like in in a Ryan derby <clears throat> um i just thought they might have a bit more about them um but as you mentioned plie you know getting on the score sheet for munch and gladback um that was obviously after last week chiram 
managed to get a goal for them. Um, and a bit of a shout out to um, to Germany's latest call up or Germany's new boy being Hoffman, as he was able to get two assists um, in the game, being for for Plié's goal and then for for Lania's goal from a corner. So that obviously looks like a very promising prospect and well played to Hoffman. Um, and then obviously Chiram was able to win the penalty, which Stindl was then able to convert. So um, as easy as it was for Munch and Gladbach, they'll be very pleased and relieved to get off the mark because that was a big win for them, given that they, you know, that they hadn't managed to get over the line just yet in the first couple of games. Expectation is going to be pretty high, given that obviously they managed to get themselves into the Champions League last season and they'll want to have another positive um, season with the likes of Plie and Chiram exciting the fans. So, yeah, as, as easy as it seemed to be in the end, it was important for Munch and Gladbach to get over the line um, in terms of, of Cologne. Obviously, they are looking like they're struggling, not to the extent that we've seen with Schalke and Mainz, um, but certainly if, if they don't get themselves off the mark soon, and obviously confidence is a very fragile thing in football, especially with, with players. Um, so... Naturally speaking, they'll, they'll be down um, and they'll need to get themselves back up and, and get a couple of wins or else they're, obviously they're going to be themselves in, in a bit of a dogfight this season. Yeah, I think it, it was a much more Gladbach style performance uh, the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it, they were kind of held by the fact that Cologne were pretty poor as well, but I think Gladbach were much better again. The midfield of Neuhaus and Kramer was much more... Uh, on part like it's they're looking a lot better again now i think obviously they'll have to back it up with another good performance in the next uh, fixture to kind of prove that they're back but yeah i mean that was much more of a glad back performance i think we mentioned that the first game when they lost in dortmund they had a much much weakened side out so you can't really read too much into that they were missing like key players left right and center mm-hmm. i think today was the strongest side they've had out this season and they kind of showed that there's still a quality outfit and that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. I think the pace is just frightening, really. And I think Kramer and Neuhaus, they know they can just drift those little balls into the space and Plie and Turam will just, they'll just kill most of the defences in Germany. I think um, there's some serious pace in that side. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, they could still have a good season. Yeah, they might struggle to kind of combine Champions League with the league. But I still, they're still going to be well up in the top half and potentially still challenging for top four, top six kind of places. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, as you say, yeah, they've got quality players. Hoffman as well. Lima is a really good player at fullback as well. Mm. It's it's a pretty complete squad to be honest with you in the Bundesliga. Really, it's it's a good side. I think one one of the little points I want to mention there. I don't know if you saw the Jan Sommer mistake at two 0 just before yeah. half time. And I think uh, someone sold a bit of a dodgy back pass to Jan Sommer, but Jan Sommer completely miscontrolled the ball, and it went <laughs> and it went yeah. to the new signing, uh, the new centre forward of Cologne, signed from Union Berlin, and he literally missed an open net and hit the post. Yeah, I think yeah. that just about sums up Cologne's last six months, to be honest with you, really. Yeah, I mean that would have given them a little look in at two-one just before half time, but then. Gladbach got the third goal from the penalty shortly after half time, and that was game set and match basically. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, I think to be honest, even before the game, I've never been so confident that an away team would win. To be honest, in this game, I was fully confident in Gladbach. 
and they are starting to show the quality again now which is which is good to see yeah indeed okay so let's move on to our slightly lesser games but still important games so let's start with uh the pretty the reason why this game didn't make our feature games is because the game is very predictable and like unbelievably one-sided as well and that was the Borussia Dortmund for Freiburg nil yeah Rory did you see much of that one I did indeed, and I mean, without sounding like a broken record of late, it was, it was very much the the Erling Haaland and Gio Reyna show. Um, they were both on top form for for Dortmund uh, this weekend. Um, as we touched on last week, uh, in terms of how attacking Dortmund uh, have been playing recently, and potentially how they got caught out last week, doesn't stop them playing this way. They, you know, they were relentless. You know, they back. They backed themselves and they've done the same this week and this week they've come out with a really good win, uh, obviously being 4-0. And Gio Reyn, I think, uh, saw a stat saying that he is the youngest ever player in the Bundesliga to record a hat-trick of assists. So the American, you know, he's looking like a real prospect of the club and he's thriving. Haaland just doing what Haaland does naturally. Um, and it was good to see Marco Royce kind of, you know, Captain Fantastic, he he played well. Didn't obviously Matt managed to get his goal, but he did everything but basically high pressing game, just too much for Freiburg. Yeah, I mean we were talking about uh, Bayern kind of cashing in on the American uh, talent as well, but I mean Dortmund aren't far behind and maybe even ahead of them. I mean you've obviously, as you mentioned, Rayner, seventeen years old. And he already looks like one of the best attacking midfielders in the in the Bundesliga, yeah. And also, obviously, in the past, Pulisic as well, who's now at uh, Chelsea. He was there kind of like, he played a similar kind of position, really, to Reyna. Probably, I would say Reyna, though, is perhaps getting even more success than what Pulisic did in the Bundesliga, and he's much younger as well. So, I mean, I would imagine some of the big Premier League names are already turning their heads towards Giovanni Reyna, to be honest, based I mean, as you say, it seems like every week he's turning in performances. It's not like it's just a one-off. It's been like this for the best part, pretty much for the whole of 2020 now. And he's already looking like a real top-quality player. I would say, in a way, he's kind of stole, he's kind of stolen Jaden Sancho's uh, kind of style a little bit, really, you know, because obviously he was like the young hotshot for a good two years. And now uh Giovanni Reiner has kind of stolen his fire a little bit so maybe you never know that might push that move to United a little bit closer but it, it looks unlikely at the moment to be honest with the transfer deadline tomorrow yeah 24 hours or so to go 24 hours to save United season you know? oh let's not get started on that eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. but yeah I think also yeah I think yeah, we, we both predicted that there'd probably be a reaction to the defeat against Augsburg last week. D Dortmund are a different side at home. I still think at home they're one of the best sides in Europe. I mean, again, we mentioned the fans getting back in the stadium. It was a really, this was just a, an annihilation, really. To be honest, I didn't even see a single half chance for Freiburg. I don't think Freiburg need to get too worried about the performance, though, because it's just, it's one of those games that's like a little bit above their level, really. They already yeah. got four points from the first two games, so they don't need to worry too much about the... It was a very good, a very, very good uh, Dortmund performances, more than anything. I think they can... Uh, the finishing from Haaland is just second to none, and as you say, yeah. Okay, so the, the next game was uh, a, a draw, quite an entertaining draw. It was Stuttgart 1, Leverkusen 1. 
Yeah, I actually had Leverkusen on my bet for this game. Yeah, so I was pretty gutted to see the Stuttgart equalise again. So I had a double Gladbach and uh, Leverkusen. Yeah, so as usual, a late goal cost me. Yeah, uh, Patrick Schick getting his first goal for Leverkusen, a man that's tipped for big things. I think, unfortunately, he went off injured uh, in the first half as well, which perhaps uh, affected um, Gladbach, uh, Leverkusen a little bit because obviously they are one of the... He is their kind of talisman, really, as well. But I think, yeah, all in all, again, I mean, I was pretty impressed again with Stuttgart. Some really, really good performances. Endo in particular and Castro are really starting to play well. I think it was a good game. Two pretty good performances from both teams, really. Rory, did you see much of that? Yeah, so again, like, shout out to Stuttgart, my, my FIFA team, you know, still repping, doing well. Um, again, they obviously, they went, went a goal down, which they kind of uh, seem to be familiar with so far in, in the games that they have played. Um, but kind of unlike minds that we're talking about seem a bit characterless, Stuttgart obviously seemed full of obviously youthful exuberance and a bit, and a bit of character because... Again, they've this time been able to pull it around and, and get a result. Um, they played really well as well. I mean, at, at 1-0 in the first half, I think they've had I think they've hit the crossbar and had a shot cleared off the line by Wendell. Um, so, you know, they were pushing and then it kind of went both ways. Then Leverkusen started the second half well and they were pushing, but they obviously were never able to get the killer goal and then um, obviously along come Stuttgart again pushing and when it's 1-0 you're never sure of the result and they're able to get themselves an equaliser um, so yeah absolute superb stuff from Stuttgart they've had a really sound start to Bundesliga life again um, so they'll be really pleased um, yeah Leverkusen now three draws and three um, yeah that will obviously ultimately be very disappointing but they're not miles off the top, um, certainly the top chasers anyway. So they're not adrift, not the end of the world, but they are kind of seemingly look, looking like they are uh, lacking a bit of a cutting edge, you know, more of a killer instinct perhaps where they have been in charge of games and not ultimately been able to finish it off. Um, hopefully the injury to, to Skit isn't a, uh, a serious one, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. But Good game and a good result. Maybe not so as much for Leverkusen, but certainly good for Stuttgart. Absolutely, yeah. Entertaining game, that one, yeah. And then the next one is a bat was a battle of two sides who've started the season really well. Frankfurt getting a 2-1 win, coming from behind against Hoffenheim. Obviously, Andre Kramerich with yet another goal. That's now 6-3 for him. He just can't stop scoring. But, yeah, a really, really good comeback from uh, Frankfurt, who was starting to show a little bit of character that they were lacking last season. Again, Basto, I mean, it was a really, really scrappy winner. I mean, that was like going back down to, like, the, the Conference North kind of goal, that one, to win it from Bastos. But still, I mean, I think overall it was a good uh, very with a, a performance with a lot of character, especially in the second half from Frankfurt. Yeah, I think they are starting to. I think we mentioned it last week, but some of the key players are starting to really show themselves now. Andre Silva, Bastos, Kamada, as well, the Japanese uh, attacking midfielder. They do have quality in that side that they just didn't show enough last season for me. But this year, we're starting to see more of the, the Frankfurt of. Uh, two and three seasons ago, I think, yeah. And Rory, would Hoffenheim be a little bit disappointed about losing that after the massive win against Bayern last week? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd imagine so, riding high on the crest of a wave after a huge win, you know, getting ahead, getting ahead in the game early doors, you just expect them to kind of, well, not cruise through, but certainly go on and score two, you know, goals two and three and win the game. Um, ultimately, obviously, Kramerich leading the line exceptionally well. Um, I read that he's now scored, scored against all 22 Bundesliga sides that he's faced. Um, so, well, obviously, well done to him. You know, he's been, you know, a real excellent signing and is a real quality Bundesliga striker. So he's going from strength to strength. And, yeah, absolutely um, well played, uh, Frankfurt, coming down. Showed real, real character and measure of the side. That that's something that they'll want to, you know, see more often this season, perhaps. And as you mentioned, bit bit of a scrappy goal, but that's kind of what Baz Dust kind of does. Really, he, you know, he obviously loves loves his headed goals, but as a striker, you know, get those scrappy ones. They all count the same. Um, so you know, big win for for Frankfurt. A bit of a surprise, but a good game again. Absolutely, yeah. And then the last of the of the Saturday games was a. Uh, we both predicted this would probably be a little bit scrappy, but uh, yeah, it was a win. Bremen one nil against Bielefeld. Bielefeld's first defeat actually of the season after getting four points from the first two games. But I think yeah, I mean obviously the the kind of the, the highlight of this game was uh, despite it wasn't not being the best game in the world, it was a really good goal that won it. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a, a volleyed assist from Jean Manuel and Bomb. And then a really, really good uh, finish from Bittencourt, who both of us kind of tipped up as being the key man for for uh, Bremen this year. I think he's been really, really good the last two weeks, and that's probably one of the main reasons why they picked up six points from the last two games, which is a massive, massive improvement on the horrendous season they had last year. But I think we're really starting to see Bremen establish themselves as like a mid-table look inside again now. Yeah, I think they were. You could say they were a little bit lucky to get the win because I mean they had some really good chances in that second half. Armenia Bielefeld, yeah. uh, close to centre forward, missed a couple of headers again. Mm. I think the goalkeeper though made a couple of really good saves for for Bremen. But I mean, also a goal disallowed, which some would say was a little bit harsh as well, right near the end. Yeah, Rory, did you did you catch a lot of that one? Yeah, I think as we've chatted a little bit before with the thing. They do have a bit of a reliance on, you know, on their talisman being Bittencourt. Um, he's come come to the fore again for them and, and got the crucial goal in the end, which means three points for them, which is, you know, which is huge at this stage of the season. They don't they don't want a similar similar season. They don't want a, a repeat of last year. So getting a couple of wins in a row, whether it's pretty football or not, I think just the Verde fans will be happy just to have got those points in the bag early doors. Um, as you mentioned, um, again, Arminia in the game um, the entire time. Um, you know, they've done themselves no damage in this game. You know, only a 1-0 loss on another day. They could have got themselves back into it, got a point or more. Um, but, you know, they're, they're scrappy. They don't concede many goals again, like we've said. Um, so it wasn't a terrible performance and they won't, you know, they won't be too um, gutted with the performance itself. Um, so they can move on and I'm sure they'll they'll be back and get some points next week. Yeah, I think Bielefeld can really take a lot of positives so far out of the season. I mean, so far they've definitely been not, not been in the worst three sides. I mean, I think all of us can agree that the worst three sides have been Schalke, Mainz and Cologne. And I think 
having watched the performances of some of those sides, Bielefeld will be looking around and thinking, you know, if we can keep this level of performance being hard to break down, they're not going to be this kind of side that score a lot of goals because they weren't last year in the second league either. So yeah. the game is mostly based around being hard to play against, a little bit scrappy. And they were again in Bremen on Saturday. And I think they were a little bit unlucky not to come away with a point really there again, which would yep. have been another valuable point. But sometimes it just doesn't go your way, you know. But I think, yeah, both of us tipped them to finish rock bottom. But I think so far they're making us eat our words, you know, because I think they've, I've been quite um, quite impressed with them so far, especially in mm -hmm. terms of the tenacity and the level of uh, discipline that they have within the squad. Okay, and... Um, Okay, so game number nine, and for the third week in a row, <laughs> you know which team is going to be involved in game number nine of this week's review, which was Wolfsburg nil, Augsburg nil. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll hand straight over to you, Rory, there on, on Wolfsburg again. Well, what are their problems? Why are they not scoring? Why are they not winning games? Because they've, they've got a big budget. They've got some decent players there. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Sunday afternoons. Maybe it's, you know, all a bit too relaxed for Wolfsburg. Maybe they need to request for their games to be played on a Saturday or a Friday night just for a bit of excitement. Um, yeah, to be honest, it was it was kind of expected, as we've as we said, we wanted more from them. It's not come. Um, and again, uh, alluding to last week, we did. Well, I, I think I said that they looked a bit blunt. They looked a bit kind of, you know, they are lacking a bit of a, quality finisher at, at the top end of the pitch um I, that seems unusual given that they were a decent side last year and they were able to create chances and, and certainly win plenty of games um so it is a bit of an odd one whether there's any problems internally in the squad or if it's just you know one of those spells that teams can have um yeah not great on the other side of it Orsberg, I mean, it might not have been the best, their best game, but point, they've had a great one, well, a great start. They've had a very good start to the season. Um, they can just go rolling on. But yeah, maybe the the less said about that game, the better. But next week, their their mission is to not be last on our on our list of teams. So I want I want some goals. So yeah, yeah always yeah. next week. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the problems for Wolfsburg could be potentially that they have been playing uh, Europa League game qualifiers as well on the Thursday nights, which is the reason why they're perennially, uh, perennially playing on Sundays. But they actually lost on Thursday in Athens against AEK Athens. So to be honest, I think they're one of those clubs that uh, they probably benefit from being out of the Europa League, to be honest, because it's you need a big squad to compete in the Europa League or you need to prioritise it, you know. And I think in a, in a league like the Bundesliga, a team like Wolfsburg, they can't really afford to prioritise the, the Europa League in case they could get dragged into a relegation scrap. So I think, uh, yeah, they've got to save the best players for the Bundesliga. And I think it's kind of good for them that they're out of the Europa League. And I think they can kind of focus on getting up into that top six or seven, which is where their fans would expect them to be. I think in terms of like the lack of chances created, it's just it's hard to explain really. I mean, they were a bit unlucky to get a goal disallowed from Brett Carlo today. It was slightly offside. It was one of those kind of classic VAR offside decisions where like his armpit was offside or something. I think also, yeah, Augsburg had a couple of chances as well, but it was it wasn't the best game. But I think probably a draw was fair. I think Augsburg will be definitely the happier of the two sides. So, yeah. okay, so yeah, on to our predictions. 
Indeed. So, uh, Mark, do you want to run us through the first uh, first uh, five games um, of uh, of next week's uh, fixtures, and then you can uh, go through your predictions, and I'll uh, I'll say mine as well. So yeah, let, let's go through this now. Yeah. So uh, the 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 Saturday afternoon games. The first one is Hoff, I've gone for Hoffenheim two, Dortmund three. I think that's going to be a really entertaining game. Two brilliant sides there. I just I always just fancy Dortmund to win these games, so I'm going to go for three two. And Rory. Yeah, of course. Um, so I have gone for an entertaining two all draw. Fancy Hoffenheim to bounce back. Um, and as we've said, sometimes Dortmund are a bit sketchy on the road. So two two for me. Yeah, the next one is Sport Club Freiburg versus Werder Bremen. I've gone for a one-all draw there. I think two sides who would be pretty happy with the start of the season. I think they're pretty evenly matched kind of sides, both quite pragmatic, but can sometimes pop up with a few good goals. So I'm going to go with a one-all draw there. Rory? Uh, I have gone for a very narrow away win for Werder. I think, you know, just getting a couple of ugly results um, just breeds a bit of confidence. And, yeah, I fancy them to maybe just get maybe a surprise away win. So I'm going to do one. Yeah, and the next one is Hertha Berlin versus VfB Stuttgart. I'm going to go for a two-all draw there. I think I'm quite excited for this game. Two sides are, are much better going forward than defensively. I think there will definitely be goals in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go for two-all there. Rory? Yeah, um, I'm also going for goals in it. Um, however, I do fancy Hertha um, to get one over on my my beloved FIFA team, Stuttgart. So I'm saying 3-1 Hertha. Okay, and staying with the Saturday afternoon games, we've got Mainz versus Leverkusen. I think this is another of those away bankers, to be honest with you. I think Leverkusen will definitely get their result this year, this uh, week, uh, next week. And I think I'm going to go for a 3-1 away win there for Leverkusen. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, fancy is a bit of a banker. Uh, I'm going 2-0 Leverkusen. Yeah, and then a, an interesting game also. Augsburg versus Leipzig. Another two sides, both on seven points, high-flying at the top of the league. I'm just going to go for a Leipzig away win there, though. I think Leipzig, they tend to win games against teams they should beat. And I think although Augsburg are a very strong home side and they're having a good season, I just think Leipzig will nick this 2-1. Rory? Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, again, similarly agree. Leipzig um, haven't particularly been tested yet. Um, so I'm saying 3-1 away win, um, but should be a good game. Um, so then moving on then to our Saturday evening kickoff. Um, this will be between uh, Arminia Beifeld and um, FC Bayern München. Um, so... Again, Arminia have done really well so far. Excellent start from them. Been really competitive. Um, but I will back Bayern to get a win. So it's 3-1 Bayern for me. Uh, Mark? Yeah, I've actually gone for a 5-1 away win. I know I seem to tip a big win for uh, for Bayern every week. But I, I just think they're such a good side, you know. And I think this is, this is a kind of game where I think even if even if uh, Bielefeld really, really play well, it could still end up with a battery in this game, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go for a 5-1 there to Bayern. All right. Yeah. Um, and then moving on. Uh, so we've got a Saturday evening game um, being between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Wolfsburg. Um, 
Again, I mean, I've requested more from Wolfsburg, but unfortunately, I don't think he'll come in this game. Um, I think Mönchengladbach is just starting to get um, rolling, so I'm saying 3-0 to the home side. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I've gone for a 2-0 home win for um, for Gladbach. I just think, yeah, there were signs that they've kind of clicked back into gear, Gladbach, and I just don't see enough from, especially up front from Wolfsburg, to challenge them. Very good. Uh, and then moving on to our what will be the Sunday fixture, uh, the early afternoon kickoff between FC Köln and Eintracht Frankfurt. I'm saying a, uh, a gritty one-all. Uh, Frankfurt have had a good start, and I think Köln will get themselves uh, off the mark with a, with a narrow draw. Yeah, that, that's a fair prediction, but I've actually gone for a 2-1 away win for Frankfurt. Yeah, I just think I'm just not convinced by Cologne's defence at all. That's the problem. I just think... Yeah. Uh, it's so easy to carve chances against. And I think Frankfurt are a solid attacking side and they do create chances. And I, I just think it could be a little bit tight, but I would go for a 2-1 Frankfurt away win. Yeah. Very good. And then we'll uh, we'll be finishing off the weekend with struggling Schalke versus Union Berlin, who will obviously be bouncing this week. Um uh, again, I'm going for a bit of a shock one here. I'm saying that Schalke might be able to grab themselves a draw, one all for me, get themselves off the mark and a bit of positivity around the club. Mark? Yeah, I don't think Schalke fans will, will thank you there for saying it's a shock. They'll get a one all draw. But yeah, I'm also <laughs> going for I'm also going for a one all draw there. I just think I think Union are one of those sides that away from home, they'll be happy with a draw against pretty much anyone. I think Union, the game is there for the taking for them if they really want it, but I just have a feeling that they'll be happy. Both, both sides will probably be happy with the draw there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Good stuff. Right. Um, so what we're going to do is next, very um, briefly, we're going to touch on the Champions League and Europa League uh, draws for the respected teams that are in the competitions from the German side of things. Um, so we'll just briefly go through the, the groups, how they're looking from the German perspective. And we'll, uh, I'll be asking Mark where I think, where he thinks each of those teams might be able to progress through to given their draws and their overall strength and start to the season. Um, so we'll start in the Champions League. Obviously, we'll start with the current holders, Bayern Munich, who have... Uh, Obviously, you know, had a very sound start to the to this season. The group draw saw them um, into a fairly fairly dangerous-looking group, actually, that includes Atletico Madrid and RB Salzburg. Um, so, obviously, Atletico, you know, have got that firepower now of Suarez and Costa and Yao Felix, so it's very exciting to look at. Um, Mark, are they gonna are they going to, you know, hold on to their title or do you think they'll fall short this time around? Yeah, I can definitely see them getting through the group. I think uh, Salzburg is a bit of a grudge game because it's a Bavarian derby as well, that one. Like Salzburg is like really, really close to Munich. Like I think it's about 50 miles maximum. So it's uh, two really nice cities. But I think um, I think it's going to be, yeah, I can't see Bayern not getting through the group. I think away from home in Atletico could be a problem. But I think without the fans, then the kind of home advantage goes a little bit. So... Yeah, I'd be tipping um, uh, Bayern to win the group with probably Atletico to come through in second there. Very good stuff. Uh, we'll move on to Mönchengladbach. Um, so they've they've been torn in a pretty, uh, drawn in a pretty tough group with uh, Real Madrid and Inter Milan. 
Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty tricky one. Obviously, Real Madrid perhaps not at the height of their powers at the moment, but obviously always a very tough prospect. And Inter Milan just starting to sort themselves out a little bit and look like a bit of a force again with the likes of Lukaku and Lutaro Martinez up front. Um, do you think Mönchengladbach can get out of that group, Mark, or do you think it's more of the getting that third Europa League knockout spot? Yeah, I think it'll be really, really tough for them to get through that group. I think when you're in pot four, it's always really hard, to be honest, because the Champions League just gets stronger and stronger. As you say, teams like Inter Milan making a bit of a comeback as well with a much better squad now than what they've had in probably the best part of 10 years. Uh, I don't. I think they can get a couple of wins in the group. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put that beyond them. I think they are capable of competing, but getting through the group, I'm not so sure. I think, yeah... They've got a chance of getting that third spot, but I wouldn't be expecting them to qualify through the group, to be honest. No worries. Um, and then touching on Borussia Dortmund, they, they seem to have been handed a slightly easier draw, um, although the the, uh, the prospect of facing uh, quite an exciting Lazio side might, um, might be a slightly tougher one, obviously then also including likes of Zenit and Club Brugge. Um, you know, fairly European regulars in that group, but on paper, that's nothing really to be too afraid of for, for Dortmund. Do you think, Mark, they'll be able to get through and then if they finish top of their group, they can get a favourable round of 16 draw, perhaps? Yeah, I think they, they kind of drew the uh, the wild card there by getting the top seed Zenit. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've, I've got to say, like, I am a Zenit fan as well. I actually lived in St. Petersburg for a couple of years as well. So uh, shout out to Zenit there. I hope you, you do, Dortmund. Yeah. But yeah, basically, yeah. I, to be honest, there's a big gap between, like, the Russian people know it as much as anybody. They know that, like, the... Uh, the quality of the Russian league isn't at the same level as like the Bundesliga and other leagues of the like. So I think, yeah, Dortmund will be really happy. I agree with you that Lazio could be a pretty tough one. That was probably one of the harder draws in the third pot. And mm -hmm. I think away at Lazio would be really tough with or without fans, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a, a shoe in that they'll finish top of the group. I think, uh, but I think they'll definitely get through the group. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and then on to the fourth and final team in the Champions League in terms of representation of the Bundesliga. We've got, obviously, RB Leipzig. Um, so they've kind of been put into the potential group of death um, with Manchester United and PSG. Of course, PSG being their conquerors in the semi-finals last season. So promises to be an exciting group to watch. Uh, Mark, do you think RB will be able to get into either that top two? I mean, based on today's showing from Man United, they probably will. Uh, um, but how far do you reckon they'll go? Yeah, I think Leipzig are a side that are really well cut out for European football and for Champions League in particular, because I think um, they are one of those teams that on the day they can be really, really good. They don't quite have the consistency to mount league challenges usually, but as we saw last year, they can be a really, I mean, they're a top European side at the end of the day. I, I think, to be honest, I mean, if I were a United fan, I'd be really worried about that draw, to be honest. I mean, I think PSG yeah. is going to be really, really tough. And I think, to be honest, if I had to pick a team in United or Leipzig who qualify, I'd be going for Leipzig, yeah. I think they're a, they're a more complete side. They've got the confidence uh, after making the quarters last year, uh, the semis last year, sorry. They destroyed Tottenham in the last 16 last year. And I think, yeah. Leipzig are quite fancy uh, beating United, I think. Yeah. Do you also think, yeah. uh, do you have any thought? Do you think Leipzig will get through on that one? Or? 
I mean, it could be anyone's guess, to be honest. What what happens in the next 24 or so hours in the transfer market? Yeah, you know, it might shape how things go going forwards, of course. Um, you know, there's chat of Cavani almost coming in. I'm not sure if the deal's over the line as we speak, but having Cavani in the United squad going away to PSG could be quite tasty. You know, he, he might want a bit of revenge the way things kind of ended a bit sourly um, uh, for obviously their, one of their top scorers. So that promises to be really tasty. So it'll, it'll be a great group to watch. Um, I, I couldn't predict what would happen. I'd like to back my team, but still a bit, uh, still a bit sore after today's result. Um, we'll move on to the Europa League teams then uh, and go over their chances. So Leverkusen, um, who finished fifth in the end, so they they are in the Europa this year. They've got a decent draw um, for me. They've they've got um, Nice in their group, um, who are quite a nice side. Um, but other than that, for me, it seems like quite an easy draw for them. Do you expect them to get through as the top the top team in that uh, group, Mark? Yeah, I think Leverkusen are another side that are experienced in Europe. I think they've they've had a few runs to like the last 16 recently in the Champions League. So if they can get through a Champions League group, I think they can definitely get through any Europa League group, to be honest. I think, but at the same time, it depends on whether they want to take it that seriously. Because I think a lot of teams now, since they moved it into the... the um, the six-game group, a lot of teams kind of play fringe players in the early rounds. So, but I, I still think even then they'll have enough quality to get through. Maybe again, not top the group, but they'll get through definitely. Good stuff. Uh, and then we've got Hoffenheim, um, who have seemingly got a very good chance of getting through their group as well. Uh, they're in a group that uh, include Ghent of Belgium, but otherwise, again, looks like a very untroubling group for me. Um, do you expect them to potentially? you know, use this as a as a chance for European silverware, perhaps? Yeah, I think Hoffenheim, they're a very ambitious club, you know. I mean, the, um, the, the story of Hoffenheim, like being founded as a village club by Dietmar Hopp and then rising through the leagues. I think, yeah, I mean, they can, um, they will be probably more motivated than most German clubs in the Europa League, I think. So, yeah, I mean, again, they might not play a full team every week during it, but I, I still expect them to top that group, yeah. Um, moving on then to our kind of fun fact of the week is a bit of a repetition this week as um, the fact was kind of ruined last week because of uh, the fact that Bayern lost. Um, however, due to their super, super cup win and performance, we can now say that Hansi Flick as a manager is, has more trophies being five than he either has losses or draws being four. So that's uh, again... Bit of, bit of a repeat from last week, but it's a hell of a start. Uh, very impressive stuff from the Bayern Munich manager and their their title-consuming machine keeps on going on and on. So that's our fun fact of the week. Um, so we'll start wrapping it up now um, for this week. Obviously, we're, just to bear in mind that it's the international break coming up, so that might be a good or bad thing for certain teams, but obviously we'll will not be able to record next week with the lack of games. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time once the Bundesliga returns. Uh, I think of the games being on the 17th and 18th of October. So we'll be very excited to see what happens when we're back from that. So, yeah, in terms of wrapping it up, Mark, do you want to uh, tell the viewers and the subscribers about Over the Bar slightly more then? 
who aren't more yeah. familiar with us. Absolutely, yeah. So if we have any new viewers, please be sure to check out our Twitter account, which you can see at the bottom of the screen now. So it's at Over the Bar Football Blog, or just FB actually would be better. Yeah, and also please uh, visit our website as well. We have a plethora of uh, articles every week on just about everything related to football. Bundesliga articles as well, you can find them on there. Also anything from reviews to uh, predictions and just about everything really. Also be sure to check out our League One show as well for any... This is a really entertaining show as well. Two really, really knowledgeable guys about League One. They know just about everything about that league and that level of football. So be sure to check them out. Please remember to subscribe as well. It really kind of helps us, gets us uh, yeah, more and more motivated to uh, continue. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so thanks again for joining us. It was great to, uh, yeah, to review the show again this week. And we will see you all again in two weeks. So... Thank, Thank you very much. You. Auf Wiedersehen.